Hi, you guys. I'm Kat, and I hope you come hang out with me on Kat Sadler Now. On my weekly podcast, I continue to ask the questions. I've been interviewing people for more than 25 years now, but that doesn't mean I've found all the answers. Make sure to listen to Kat Sadler Now, wherever you get your podcasts. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends, happy Friday. I hope your week is treating you well. Today I am doing something fun and different and reading through my human design chart with you in real time and discussing out loud how I think it connects to my understanding of self through the lens of the Enneagram. But first today's rosebud and thorn. My rose is I have been obsessed with the show Manifest. I watched season one last week and I'm watching season two this week. And it is so fun and wild and interesting. I'm I'm hooked. My thorn is that I recently finished a book that I loved, which is Daisy and the Six. If you don't know, my favorite band is Fleetwood Mac especially the time, you know, that little window of time where Stevie Nicks was part of the band. And I loved this book. It was loosely based off of their story and it just was magical. It brought you right back down to the seventies and felt, made you feel like you were like part of the magic of the band. And I'm sad it's over. I'm going to miss the characters. And my bud is if we like this episode, I'm going to do another one with my astrological chart because I think this is like a really fun idea. People ask me all the time, what are the connections between human design and the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram and astrology and the Enneagram? And the truth is I'm not an expert at those other things. It's not my area of expertise. However, I can talk about myself and how they, you know, how what I learned about myself through those lenses can be applied to the Enneagram and the connections there. So I think it'll be fun. Let me know what you think on Instagram. And also, I have to tell you two things. My preface is that if you didn't listen to yesterday's episode, pretty sure I have a sinus infection. So my voice might sound a little funny. And also, I think my neighbor is watching a movie, so hopefully you can't hear that, but you might. And um, yeah, might be bad. All right, so let's get into this. I have this a 18 pages report on my human design type. We're going to talk about it. Um, If you are not familiar with human design, I may be the worst person in the world to tell you what it is, but essentially it's based off of your birth date and time and location, similar to astrology. And they have these like different authorities and different, um, I think they call it auras. I think there's a manifester, a generator, a reflector, a manifesting generator, and a projector. These are like the types. And then there's like layers and complexity to that. If you're interested in learning more about human design, I'm 99% sure we can get a human design expert on the podcast. So if that's something you're interested in, let me know and we will do that as well. For those of you who are familiar with human design or are interested in what we're talking about today, I am a manifesting generator with a 5-1 profile and an emotional authority. Let's find out what that means. What we're going over today is 
it's called a love notes reading from Jess Fields. Um, she does these. It's again, it's like an 18 page printout about my human design type. It's not like a formal like reading, but it is like a fun breakdown. So I think it's really, it's really interesting and a good place to start. Um, and honestly, I haven't looked at this in over a year. So I ordered it in February of last year and I'm, I have this like horrible memory. So we're likely going to experience this together. Like it's the first time. So I'm excited. Um, I printed it out and everything. So let's dive on in. So when we get into the first page, it says, when I am lit up by doing things I love, I light up the rest of the world without even trying. I allow myself to do things that fulfill me rather than chasing down my ideas. I'll pause to check in with my inner knowing and respond to life as it comes to me. So um, when I read this, so I think these love notes are kind of written from the perspective of like mantras that you say to yourself. And so that I think that's kind of the tone of voice for these. But when I read that, I think about being And also, sorry, guys, if you don't know, I am also an Enneagram 7. So I am an enthusiast. I like variety. I like options. I like freedom. I like good feelings. I don't want to be trapped in emotional pain. I don't want to be limited in any way. And I like to be satisfied with my life. All of that to say, that informs a lot of what we're going to talk about here as well. Should have started with that. Okay, so the first phrase being when I light up by doing things I love, I light up the rest of the world without it even trying. I think this is one of the gifts of a seven. If you're we're interested in something, we will get you interested too. And that like enthusiasm is contagious. So I think that definitely lines up with the type seven. And I allow myself to do things that fulfill me. Uh, You know, I think it is important to sevens to feel fulfilled by the things they do and to feel like the things that they're doing are meaningful and exciting and interesting, and that's what keeps our attention. So I think that that's true. And, ooh, I like this sentence. This is, rather than chasing down my ideas, I'll pause to check in with my inner knowing and respond to life as it comes to me. Here's the thing. I like to talk about this this idea that I had, oh gosh, probably 10 years ago. I had this idea for a day planner. And it was like, I want it to be a monthly subscription. I want every day to have a different journaling prompt. I want every month to have, you know, a specific theme, that kind of thing. And I had that idea four years before I took action on that idea. And I think that's the healthiest way for me to approach my ideas as a seven. Oftentimes when I get really good ideas, I feel this current of pressure to make it happen right now or like they all seem equally important all at the same time. But if I can just like wait a little bit, the time for it to happen usually reveals itself. Um, You kind of if you pause and you listen and you wait, you kind of know when it's time to take action on those dreams. But a lot of times it can be really distracting. As a seven, I can feel this pressure to force my ideas through and that doesn't always serve me well. Like when I force an idea through, I lose interest pretty quickly. I maybe don't have the infrastructure that I need to see it through or for it to be successful 
or maybe I haven't really thought through all of the ways in which I need to be prepared, (laughs) these kind of things. And so that pause is so healthy and important. So man, we're getting a lot already out of page one. Okay, so that takes us to page two, which is actually kind of a direct contradiction, but I think it makes sense. And it says, I gain clarity as I take action, so I allow myself to take steps forward before I fully commit. I won't pressure myself to finish everything I start because I know that sometimes the experience I need is found when I start something new. I think creatively to automate or restructure projects, so I'm free to act on new ideas. Y'all, this is like full-on seven stuff. I'm not saying that every manifesting generator is a seven. I'm just saying this is full-on seven stuff. Like, um, I do. I gain clarity as I take action, so I allow myself to take small steps forward before I fully commit. That's true. And honestly, I don't know another way. Like, I could potentially not do it that way, but... That does, that's just not how I, I work by any means. Um, and also, one thing that the Enneagram, I love the Enneagram so much, but one thing about the Enneagram that has been tricky is that sometimes I can get really in my head about the growth process. And the levels of health honestly have helped me with this, like thinking about the levels of health, because the goal is to, to ultimately like not feel like you have to rely on your Enneagram type. And so in the past, I felt like I had to reject things about myself that I actually liked, like I'm an action-oriented learner or um, like I don't feel this pressure to follow through with every single thing that I ever do and therefore I'm not afraid to try new things. And however, you know, we know the difference, right? Like I know the difference between when I'm doing it as an escape mechanism and when I am doing it because it really just isn't the right path for me. And so I like the permission in this of like, I won't pressure myself to finish everything I start. Like there's so much freedom in that. Um, However, I do know part of my growth process has been those incremental commitments. If you've heard me talk about this before, about like how do we commit as a type seven, it is, I do these like short commitment deadlines. Okay, I'm going to follow through with this for the next six months. And at the end of that six months, I get to reevaluate and assess whether this is a good fit for me or not. And if it is, I'll commit for another six months. If not, I will back out. And that helps me to make that decision not as an attempt to escape emotional pain or frustration or even boredom, but to make that from a place of wisdom and really having thought it through, you know, but I like, I like the permission there. And the last piece being, I think creatively to automate or restructure projects. So I'm free to act on new ideas. This is my life's work. And ultimately the thing that I have to do all the time is, is really think through, wait, are you simplifying some of your processes here so that you can actually take on new projects? Or are you just taking on new projects and not simplifying anything else and then you're, you're uh, burnout? <laughs> and, um, you know, sometimes you have to automate or restructure things so that you have the time and the space and the creative energy to even entertain the ideas that you have that you want to be entertaining. Otherwise, that's how you end up dropping the ball or letting people down or bailing on things that, you know, in unhealthy, unhelpful ways. 
All right, next page. With my inner knowing as my guide, the world is my oyster and the possibilities are unending. That is the song to my seven heart. <laughs> I almost feel like I'm reading something written to me as a seven, but it's it's to the manifesting generator in me. Okay, next. My energy levels are directly impacted by the activities I do. I have more energy when I do things I love, just because I have the energy to do something doesn't mean it's best for me. So that is true. I do have more energy when I do the things that I love. And that ties in with the Enneagram. Sevens are typically a high energy type. They're also typically drawn to lots of new ideas and lots of fun things. They have the energy for the things that interest them. And they don't always have the energy for the things that don't interest them. And, you know, we do have more energy when we do the things that we love, but we don't always know when enough is enough. We don't always know when to pause and sit and be and sit in silence. And so that sentence, just because I have the energy to do something doesn't mean it's best for me, is super important. I am aware of the impact each activity has on my energy, and I give myself permission to do the things that make me feel good. That is a lot of permission. Um, I think in human design world, manifesting generators are meant to do the things that feel good to them, to follow those impulses, to listen to that guide. And um, in Enneagram world, we're kind of taught to be cautious of that part of ourselves a little bit, to pay attention to the impulse to do that because sometimes, again, it is, it's healthy to sit with things that don't feel good for us and healthy to allow yourself to experience dissatisfaction. You're not going to be happy every moment of every day. So I don't think this is saying like, you should feel good all the time. But my little seven brain is like, oh, so if this feels bad to me, like I'm out. Um, That's not really it. It's like what things really deeply satisfy me versus what things feel good in the moment, in my opinion. The next one is my energy refreshes when I sleep at night. So I'll make quality sleep a priority. On rest days, I'll prioritize doing something that makes me happy because I sleep better when I've used my energy each day. Ooh, that's true. Um, So I have said this to sevens before. I honestly think seven, eight energy, especially like eight wing seven, seven wing eight, we have a lot of energy in our bodies and we need to expend it every day. I often have said like I'm like a Labrador retriever, like I have to run out my I have to like literally expend physical energy or I will tear up the house. And like that's like the vibe. So um, yeah, I definitely sleep better if I use up my energy throughout the day. And I think, like I said, like eights have a ton of energy. Sevens have a ton of energy. Those two combined, you know, if you're like me and you're seven with an eight wing or if you're an eight with a seven wing, like there's just a lot of energy (laughs) to be used throughout the day. It's it's that's real. That's very, very real. We're going to take a quick break to hear from today's sponsor, which is Love Every. Watching the little ones in your life grow and learn is one of the 
best feelings in the world. But finding toys that help them grow and learn can be challenging. And that's what led me to Love Every. We have tried so many different like learning toy subscriptions. And this is the one that I feel like I wish I'd had the whole time. You get actual toys that feel good to play with and last a long time versus like pieces of cardboard that break down and fade and get thrown in the trash and ultimately just ends up scattered all over your floor. I haven't had personal experience with this. But Love Every's play kits are designed by experts for your child's developing brain. So each play kit is tailored to your child's exact learning stage. So they have the right toys for the right time when the new play kits delivered every few months that grow with your child. Play kits come with unique, one-of-a-kind activities and play things that are built to endure plenty of play. And each kit comes with a play guide that's packed with expert tips, ways to play, and do-it-yourself at-home activities your kids will love. I was able to give one as a gift to a dear friend of mine whose kiddo was having a birthday, and this is what she had to say. It has been so fun. Both boys play with it every day. There's a camper van that you can open with a simple key and four little wooden dolls. They each have a sleeping bag, so they play like they are going to sleep and camping. There's also a little tent for them. There are geometric colorful blocks for building fun towers, and there's a counting box that's used to learn how to count, but their imaginations run wild and use it for all kinds of play. Take the guesswork out of your child's play. Choose Love Every today and get free shipping when you sign up to receive your play kits at loveevery.com slash egram. That's L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y dot com slash egram for totally free shipping. Loveevery.com slash egram. Thank you, Love Every, for supporting the podcast. Okay, so we are about halfway through my packet here, and we're just going to keep on rolling. Um, I'm going to read some to you, and we'll just kind of pop out which ones feel the most interesting as we go. So we have, I make the best decisions when I allow myself to feel my feelings. Y'all, I feel like this is written to Enneagram 7s. Like, that is the truest true. Like, I mean, there's a lot of us that need to feel our feelings. Like, threes need to feel their feelings. Nines need to feel their feelings. Um, Eights need to feel the truth of their feelings. We all need to feel our feelings, but you know, sevens, we struggle with the dark ones. We're trying to avoid the dark emotions. We're not trying to sit in our emotional pain. And I do make way healthier, better decisions when I just let my feelings be what they are. I release myself from the pressure to give answers right away. Yes. Um, if you ask me to do something and I answer on the spot, it is a yes, because I am so scared of missing out on something good or something that could be helpful or important to me. And, um, but oftentimes the real answer is no, I'd rather not. Even if I like you, even if I want to do it, I really probably shouldn't. Um, I know that clarity for me comes over time. I give myself permission to say I need to sleep on that or I'll let you know in a few days. That's actually advice I give to Enneagram 9s because they're quick yesers as well, but they take a long time to process and they need a lot of time to make decisions. So, I mean, I think that that rings true for me as a 7, but I also give that I give that advice to 9s. If a decision feels emotionally charged, I'll wait for calm waters instead of reacting in the moment. I trust what is meant for me will be for me. This kind of goes back to that thing I talked about, like those deadlines, like saying, 
oh, I commit for this like certain period of time and then I'll make that decision when it's not emotionally charged. So really backing up here. I give myself permission to investigate, learn, and explore the things that interest me. That's the thing. Like sevens, we people forget we're like head types, you know, like we want to learn and explore and like we have like a big research bug. The big difference is that we tend to spread our interests laterally instead of going deep into one single thing. And actually a big part of our growth and a big part of our health is going deep into one subject instead of kind of spreading that energy really thin over the course of a lot of different subjects. And so, um, yeah, giving yourself permission to investigate, learn, and explore the things that interest you is um, kind of a call to your sevenness. I also think um, as someone who makes a living off of the things that interests me, I can sometimes forget how much the research invigorates my interest. So I think as a seven, like my interests fade kind of quickly. You know, I, I mean, I I'm not, I don't know why I'm saying it like that. Like it does. That's the profile. But when I learn new things, when I do research, when I take new workshops or even like host a panel or something like that, like my interest is reinvigorated tenfold. It's really my interest is completely around how much I'm learning about the topic that I'm interested in. I know I can speak from a place of authority after I've, re- after I've researched the topic and understand it thoroughly. My ability to go- to thoroughly understand something is one of my gifts to the world. I won't let my thirst for knowledge keep me frozen in stillness because I know that sometimes the best learning comes through life experience. The foundations of life are important to me. Family, friends, finances, and housing. It's natural for me to want security in these areas of my life. So let's talk a little bit about this. This kind of is like giving me five and and six vibes. But as you know, seven goes to five when they are at rest. And so I think that's 100% true. Like in a good place, I do my research. I'm deeply informed. I speak from from a place of authority because I know I've done my research. So that's a that's like a really healthy, good place for me to be. And then that the foundations of life are important to me, family, friends, finances, and housing. It's natural for me to want security in these areas of my life. We've talked before about how like I'm mostly would say I'm a social seven, but I have a lot of self-prez seven in me. And that's kind of self-prez seven vibes. Like um, I want to have like community and I want to make sure I have the money I need and I want to have the housing I need. I want to make sure I'm taken care of and I'm secure. Or it can also have that like seven wing six vibe to it. But I think for me, that would be like the self-prez part of me, I would say, if we're trying to like make it fit. People often see me as someone who can save them, but that doesn't mean I have to. For the sake of my personal energy, I will say no to helping people sometimes. That means I might disappoint some people. I'm not here to help everyone. I'll say yes when I feel capable and energized. So I can see two ways in which this could apply to the Enneagram. So one piece of that being sevens, we're bright and charming and capable and we seem... I think friendlier than we are. Like, I don't, that's not the right word, but like we're warm and friendly often, right? Like we're very bright. And because we're very bright, 
people sometimes take that to mean we are very interested in them in a special way. Like, I think for me, like, I am generally just curious about everybody. I want to know every single thing that you've ever heard or experienced or lived. And that interest is real. Like, that's not feigned interest. And it doesn't mean I'm not interested in you. It just means that I'm interested in everyone like that. And sometimes people think that I'm interested in them special. And and it implies a level of commitment that I haven't made. And this is kind of oftentimes a self-prez seven struggle. So just that's a whole thing. Um, But that's kind of what I see here is like people often see me as someone who can save them. So I often feel like people see me as um, a rescuer and I don't really enjoy that energy or that kind of relationship. Um, I am kind of need averse, <laughs> if that, if you will. Um, but because people often see me that way, it all, it's oftentimes the role that I have taken on. Um, also in my younger years when I was more religious, um, I felt like that was like my religious duty to be that kind of person to to save other people. (laughs) Um, So with that being said, I think there's some element to that. I also think, let's say I was a social seven, there's some energy there, like the two energy of um, know when to help, know when not to help. You know, there's that inner conflict for social sevens around selfless selfishness and selflessness and like wanting to you know valuing selflessness but feeling like you still want your needs to be met as a priority and that kind of push pull let's keep moving let's keep moving i release myself from the need to improve myself today i have everything i need to be who i want to be with this knowledge i am open to supportive relationships What do I love about myself? What makes me happy? What do I want? I have to put my own life vest on first before I can serve others. I'll take time to nourish my heart today. So when I read this, I think as a seven, supportive relationships have been tricky for me because I want to be seen in my joy. And I'm not always comfortable putting my burdens onto other people or letting people see me in my pain. And Um, especially when I'm not going through a lot, like feeling like, um, or I don't always recognize that I'm going through a lot. It's probably more accurate. Um, you know, someone can be like, that sounds traumatic. And I'll be like, really? (laughs) I don't think, you know, I don't know. Um, but I've learned over the years, you know, how to, how to honestly grieve and how to manage that. But, um, I think I still struggle with supportive relationships, like allowing myself to be supported in relationship is, is tricky um, because I'd rather just like make you laugh, make you have a good time and um, go home feeling good instead of, you know, feeling like I'm a bummer. And um, my work in relationships has obviously been (laughs) to let people see me in my pain and to ask for help and be more vulnerable. But yeah, I think that is how this lines up. And then obviously I'll take time to nourish my heart today is pretty spot on. We are, as sevens, have no actual connection to our heart center. Like we have no direct pull to our heart. And so um, with that being said, you know, tapping into our heart center is a huge point of growth for us. Intentionally 
listening to our hearts, getting in tune with our emotions is a huge point of growth. So y'all, that is my human design kind of reading. I think I could do a more in-depth version of this. I think I should have probably ordered like a human design like a formal reading. And maybe that's something we could do with a human design expert. I am just like full of ideas over here. So we'll see how it goes. We'll we'll hash it out together, I'm sure. If you guys are interested though, please let me know on Instagram because I want to follow your interest on these kind of things because the podcast is ultimately for you. But if you like today's episode, do let me know on Instagram. And as a reminder, my Instagram account is my name, Sarah Jane Case. I changed it from Enneagram and Coffee at the beginning of the year. So if you're having a hard time finding me on Instagram, that could be why. All right, friends, thank you so much for listening. And I will see you next week for the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.